1: When it comes to your investments and retirement in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420, The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management.
0: Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, Let's start out thinking positively. Courage is a discovery that you may not win and trying when you know you can lose. The greatest barrier to success is the fear of failure. Ain't that the truth? If we're growing, we're always going to be out of our comfort zone. (laughs) Those are some uh, interesting stuff right there. Anyway, um, you know, we always talk about uh, our webpage at the beginning of the show and at the end of the show. So uh, if you want to get any of the material that we have or we talk about on this show, uh, stuff like our dividend growth portfolio, our prime income list, a business owner's guide to transition. Okay, a lot of people selling out their businesses to private equity. Man, I'm telling you, you can get a better price. Number one, number two, there's some steps you got to take prior to that that uh, make it easy on you. I, I had a couple guys get this, and uh, they 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 really liked it. They thought it was brief, but it was it was it gave them enough detail to to uh, you know get get the ball rolling. Let's put it that way. Savvy in credit investors handbook. Boy, interest rates are at a 250 year low, an all time low. What a better time to borrow. The wealth plan, it's interactive, folks. It, it's constantly changing. So it just doesn't, we don't put it on a piece of paper and say, you come back to it 10 years later. You can mess with it every day if you want. All right. And then the family inventory workbook. I think this spring tells us. That we should have our financial house in order. Okay, the summer's over, school's in, and in uh, session. Okay, take it from there. All right. Uh, so, the people were asking me, and uh, uh, we, you know, we, we had our uh, this week. We had our equity conferences, uh, virtual equity conferences, and uh, and uh, there was some pretty good stuff. And one of the, uh, you know. Unfortunately, uh, Lori Kaust of Athena, who is our head strategist, is on maternity leave. So, uh, <laughs> you know, first of all, we wish her well and uh, hope she, uh, I'm not sure what kind of baby she had. she had. She didn't tell me that type of stuff, but uh, whether it's a boy or girl, we, we uh, hope uh, everything comes out great and uh, we wish her the best. In the meantime, we're going to use Tom Lee from FunStrat because Tom was the head uh, strategist at Morgan Stanley, went on his own. He took Rob Schleimer with him. Uh, which was a, a bummer because Rob was our head technician for a long, long time, and a very good one, by the way. He, I, I noticed he's on CNBC now, too. Uh, anyway, what was interesting, uh, Tom had some things to say that I thought were really, really interesting. And, and first of all, he talks about, you know, COVID-19 remains a global crisis, and we realize that uh, a lot of people need to keep up with the, the developments and stuff like that. But we're, look, what he he has been right you know, March 21st, he came and said, we'd have a B bottom. He was right. All right. He talked about technology and, and how it would change things. He was right. By the way, Mark Mahaney did the same thing. March 23rd, Mark Mahaney said, you know, this, this is what's happening. Okay. And, and so look, one of the things that he's, you know, he's talking about right now is the baby boomer retail investor investor is measured by the American Association of individual investors, and it's been bearish since March. You know, it was a little bit, you know, they've been very, very bearish. I mean, we're down to 20% both. All right. Uh, and and if you look at the ratio, it's negative 21%. So we had a little bit of, you know, uptick in January and a little bit in the middle of February, and then it just crashed and burned, which is positive. Okay. It's a big positive. So that's why. You know, I am bullishly, look, I, I, I've i been talking about, you know, a pullback. And sure enough, the bull, bullish percent went into a call on the Bose this week. We'll explain that in the third part of the show. But we've been bullish. You know, the total money market now is $4.72 trillion. That's above the $3.6 trillion at the start of 2020. That's above the bottom in
1: 2009.
0: Okay? So... Money market assets are going crazy on the upside. Now, we do have some stocks that are kind of out of control here. And I think that's uh, simply due to the fact that, uh, uh, you know, we had these Robin Hood kids who think they're getting things free. And believe me, <laughs> Robin Hood, the SEC is investigating those guys right now. So be be careful when you do business with, with anybody. You know, it's not free. They're, they're getting money from you somehow. Trust me. Either They're lending your money to your stocks to shorts, or they're giving it to, uh, you know, a, tr- a trading desk of some sort, you know, whatever. But he talked about the epicenter stocks, which I think is important, okay? And the epicenter stocks are interesting simply because, he you know, he thinks that they're going to have a huge rally here. These are the stocks that got hit the hardest. These are the casinos and the cruise lines and the airlines and the oil. He thinks they're the ones that are going to jump out soon, okay? So he said he had three points he wanted to make. Uh, the trend in daily cases remains surprisingly good, which, uh, you know, as long as there's no point, you know, post-Labor Day surge theme, you know, we're in pretty good shape, okay? So that's what, he, you know, he's talking about the number of cases. And, and what I think is important here is COVID-19 is in retreat in 34 states, or 73% of the United States of America. And I think that's, important too now there's a couple states that are in trouble uh although i think you know new york city's a you see if the mayor gets i mean there's a bunch of guys a bunch of businessmen that sent a letter to the mayor saying you know get your act together basically in so many words so it'd be interesting to see if if they get back to normal uh and if they do if they do by october it'd be a really big deal i think so uh you know, I noticed the uh, the prudent speculator, or I think it was the speculator, that's what Leon Schreiber, Sh- uh, he said, never has a virus been so oversold. <laughs> and uh, astonishingly, Americans believe that, that the COVID had killed 9% of their compatriots, almost 30 million people. And that's not the case at all. You know, the the death rate is only one point something percent. So uh, we've done a very good job as a nation uh, in, in those things. So some of these airports are even, you know, uh, at the end of the screening of international arrivals and stuff like that. So it's it's interesting, but uh, you know, a hundred big businesses warn mayor of widespread annexing. So I think New York City could be getting their act together finally. So we'll see what happens after that uh, from there. All right. So this is a live show. So uh, if you have any questions, you know, uh, please give us a call. Um, look, I, I think something's inter- some interesting stuff is going on here. Um, it seems to me is that we have a rotation trade going on where the leadership just got killed in the last two weeks We'd we you know look we've been saying be careful be careful especially with the fang stocks because they were up a lot but if there's a move to value now i've been i feel like the boy who cried wolf <laughs> and uh, you know but anyway we're, we're going to get into that in one second remember live show if you got a question 216-901-0945 at 216-901-0945 so this uh, rotation to value trade to the value trade took a lot longer. By the way, you know, I, I sh- if you went came into my office, I show you value versus growth, and it was it was even higher than 2,000, and uh, it's much higher now. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, value uh, comes on because one of the things I've noticed, and, and I talked about this technically, is the dollar uh, might have broken down. You know, we, we flooded the market with dollars. Uh, you know, Bernanke did it, you know, uh, helicopter b- Ben and, uh, you know, when Ben Bernanke becomes your Fed chairman, you get, you get worried, you know, uh, simply because of the fact that he wrote the book on the Depression. And and now Mr. Powell's done it again. And and it's probably the right thing to do. But the point is, there's lots of dollars out there. If the dollar continues to go down, I think what you'll see is the more domestic oriented uh growth stocks or the small caps is what i'm talking about will do better and the value stocks will do better. Uh you know, basic materials, gold, you know, i I've, I've been on gold for about a year and a half now. So uh but the the, the large the latest rotation to value is the sharpest single day of 2000. So uh, what we're starting to see is some of the value stocks start to you know, you know, give it up a little bit and uh, so that's something to pay uh, particular attention to. So anyway, uh couple other things here. Let's see. Uh, I think what you have to be looking at, and one of the things, if you'd like this report, please let me know. Uh, you know, you just go to WHK 1420, go to local podcast down to Tim Hayes, Smart Investor Show, and it goes right to my webpage. And there's all sorts of contact me and email, uh, email me. Remember, the Bulletin Board has Bob Dickey, a, a weekly newsletter. Insights has all sorts of good stuff in it. Uh, you know, The China-U.S. trade, uh, uh, the digital payment systems, uh, you know, uh, cloud computing, all sorts of stuff that you need to know these days. But it also has email me or contact me. You know, so this, you know, we've been talking about the new normal and uh, how COVID-19 has changed things. And I think the global pandemic has challenged management teams in in basically unprecedented ways. Uh, They forced retrenchment of economic activity has impacted companies differently. The ones that were resilient to those unexpected changes have seen their stocks outperform those of companies that were less able to successfully react, okay, uh, to the changes. So I think corporate resilience is a characteristic that enables a business to tolerate, overcome, and be strengthened by the adverse event, events and experiences out there. All right. So the aspect of a company can be expressed across multiple fast I think uh operational resilience financial resilience and even resilience of employees uh, can play a part you know uh, that type of thing so i think there's some things that you have to you think about number one is supply chains you've got to have you know these companies have to have supply chain flexibility and and they and they have to be resilient companies and it's in, it's in particularly important in the run up of uh, covid okay so the second thing, you got you got to identify these companies, uh, and we have. We, we've got a, a whole list of them, by the way. Uh, you know, if you listen to uh, Janice Henderson, which is a global dividend payments held by 22% to 30, $382 billion during the second quarter. Uh, those are not the companies, you know, in some cases, some of them had to. I mean, the airlines had to cut their dividends. The cruise lines had to cut their dividends because their business went away. Uh but I think for the long term, investors, resilient companies should constitute a significant share of your portfolio. All right, less resilient companies can work well too when the economy is firing all cylinders. But in periods of economic stress or slow growth, the resilient companies are where you want to be. And I've got a whole list of those, by the way. But I think the key is is that you have to be thinking uh, uh, about some things uh, in, in a more of a uh, what's the best way to put it? Um, yeah, I guess the best way to put it is you've got to be looking for companies uh, that that made it through the crisis uh, in a big way, okay so we'll just leave it at that. so uh, now we we did have uh, some interesting um, comments made this week in our equity uh, leaders conference and I thought Mark Mahaney's, uh he said there was seven keys. He said, first of all, you had to have a web presence. And he talked about some companies, you know, helping out other streaming companies uh, and other companies who are trying to get started in business on the web. And and there are two really big names there, one in the streaming area. Number two, number two. Uh, oh, well, hold it. We have Dave. Dave, how are you? I'm good. How are you? No complaints at all. What can we do for you? It's a beautiful day today. Too bad you're not outside. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I agree. (laughs) I'm seeing lots of information out there about us heading towards electric vehicles. And, for example, Amazon's ordered 100,000 electric delivery vehicles. And there's a company over in Youngstown making pickups. And there's some... Um, negative news about Nicola this week about, you know, being a fraud, but we'll, we'll wait and see where that is. But I'm curious as to, you have any uh, comments or or thoughts on that, that whole, whole direction. Yeah. uh, You know, I, I bought Tesla uh, when it first came out and, uh, and then I sold it at about three twenty five or something like that. And, you know, it didn't do anything from 2013 to 2018. Then it broke out and I wasn't paying attention. It took off. Now, Tesla, I think, is being treated like a technology company because their battery lasts, you know, the charge lasts a lot longer than normal batteries. Uh so I there's a couple ways to play it that are off the grid. And I'm looking at those stocks and I can't mention them, Dave, but if you call me, I can say same to you. Mm-hmm. But there's I, I think there's a couple things you have to be looking at. If we go blue, uh, I hope that's not true, but if we blue go blue, right. yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, well, they said they were moving to Canada and they didn't. So uh, <laughs> anyway, I know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So the, the point is, is that there are some stocks that are on the fringes that people aren't talking about that are in clean energy that make the parts. Also, you know, Tesla's cars are now becoming five and six years old. And you know the two things. Number one, they're you know the batteries. I don't think uh, they don't go away. They're going to be around for thousands of years, from what I understand. And so until they learn to recycle them, uh, you know, is our electric cars really? Uh, they lack pollution, but they create pollution. You know what I mean? But there are people mm-hmm. who make the make the stuff that make the batteries. There's also several green-oriented companies that have three and a half four percent dividends. That I like. There's also Ooh. the auto part people. You know, Tesla. You know, doesn't have a lot of parts, but they're getting into that time frame where they're going to start breaking down. So, auto parts people might be a real good idea too. All right. So, mm-hmm. uh, those, those are some good ideas, Dave. i uh, and Like I said, okay. I can't give you the names because they don't let me anymore. So, I uh, uh, understand. Uh, but if you want, you yeah. want to call me in my office, please do. All right. All right, sir. All right. Thank you. Uh, have a great day. Uh, once again. Uh, It's the live show, 216-901-0945. Also, uh, he he talked of, uh, his number two thing was, uh, he talked about the losers, you know, the the winners uh, were streaming and the web packages. The losers were online, live events, that type of thing. Number three was net advertising was another thing you got to look at. And then he said Google becoming less relevant to e-commerce, which is interesting. And then uh, he talked about Targeted, implore uh, producers, and that's tip. It's a new thing out there. You, you should know about it. And then finally, he talked about innovation remains strong in, in the net sector. So uh, those were Mark's big things. And let's take a break and come right back. This is the Smart Investor Show, and I'm Tim. Hayes. Stay tuned. Okay, we're back. Hey, if you just tuned in, this is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Once again, it's a live show. You got a question? 216 901 0945. That's 216 901 0945. Now, look, I've been looking over things and um, uh, I can make a case for a low. You know, we hit a low and I can make a case for us, you know, still having corrective activity. It does look like to me that the VIX peaked. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's going to peak forever, but, uh, you know, I, I looked at the, the V, uh, the VIX for the, uh, the NASDAQ and, uh, it looks like it likely peaked. Um, and, and I looked at the VIX for the, you know, the S&P 500 and, you know, it looked it's peaked. It doesn't mean it can't bounce around a little bit, but then I look at the MACD and it crossed over the wrong way. <laughs> so that's a negative. And then I looked at uh, some other indicators that I, I follow very closely, uh, Especially the Nasdaq, uh, the Dow diffusion indicator. You know, uh, Marty Pring follows that very, very closely. By the way, and he's a really good technician. Uh, that looks like it could uh, it could be a, a bummer. And the one thing I did see that I uh, I didn't see on the Dow, but it could happen, is uh, we kind of had a bearish outside week on the Nasdaq, and uh, that that's usually not a, a great sign if you're, uh, um, you know in the NASDAQ composite, because that's, that's where all the money was made. And that, I have a feeling that's where they're going to take the, the money from. So, um, now if I look at, uh, you know, I, I looked at the market, what I saw is most of the ratios look like there is a change in leadership coming, uh, or a rotation, shall we say, you know, semiconductors keep making lower highs. That's not good. Um, and I, you know, I, by the way, that just happened Thursday. So, uh, you know, you you want to be paying fairly close attention to that, I think. Uh, and and then I, so, you know, what I did was I went about you know, charting the, the market and uh, my good friend Bob Dickey uh, helped me here. And we talked about the uh, you know, I looked at some of the S&P 500 charts and and, you know, uh, we went right to the top of the channel. So we're probably going down to the bottom of the channel. That would be around thirty two hundred, uh, maybe, you know, somewhere between, you know, thirty two hundred, maybe. 3,300, something like that. Uh, and then I looked at it uh, another way, you know, via uh, what we call PPO. If you don't know what that is, you shouldn't be managing your own money, but it does look like, you know, we could go to 3,200, 3,300 on that one too. So, uh, and then I looked at uh, using a Fibonacci scale, uh, you know, we use that with a PPO too, by the way. Uh, you know, it, it, it could be three thousand thirty-one hundred type of scenario. So, the question is, and I'm—I don't—I'm not really necessarily bearish. I'm just saying he came a long way fast, and in particular, uh, there was a lot of, uh, uh, you know, technology stocks, you know, that were, uh, you know, screaming straight up. And I'm not—I mean, in reality, it was just people going crazy. So uh, you know, it was emotional trades. They weren't looking at valuations or anything else like that. So now. Look, if you look at the chart of the Nasdaq Composite, the RSI or the Relative Strength Indicator is negative. Stochastics are negative, uh, and but I am seeing some more value-oriented, high yield stocks starting to break out. All right, um, even some REITs. Remember, I always said when the yield is up, is when you want to buy, and you know REITs have corrected for a while, so. Uh, you know, and I'm seeing some of these REITs that are, you know, positive uh, as far as their um, relative strength, you know, all the stuff I look for, which is good. So we're starting to see some of the high yield stocks do better. And, uh, you know, I, I just think it's uh, important that you, you um, remember that. So, look, I think the bull cycle is intact, despite the prospect for some seasonal volatility. You know, September's not a good month. I said that back in August and And I I think it's going to continue that way. So I think there's some internal momentum oscillators uh, that might, you know, turn up for us. Uh, And what I'm talking about is what is called the weekly quadrant balance momentum. Uh, And and Rob Schleimer uses this a lot. And and Rob's uh, with Funstead. He's really good at what he does. Uh, So, I mean, you, you want to pay attention there. Uh, so the average September is is not a good month okay so and and then you have bottom in, in October and I think the important thing is that it with an incoming administration if you're you're rooting for Trump uh, you want the market to be up in October okay uh, because if it is a hundred percent of the time they win <laughs> so the vix and and the the vix is is actually peaked out a little bit but the vXn which is for the NASDAQ still going up so, it'll be interesting to see how that works. Now, the advanced decline lines are no longer going up. They're kind of going sideways uh, in all the major ad- averages the S&P, the New York Stock Exchange. And I'm just using the stock only. I, I took the bonds out of it. Uh, and, and then, if you look at the, all the New York Stock listed uh, exchanges, so they're no longer going up. They're going sideways. You know, that's not what you want, but, you know, it's better than going down. <laughs> but I will say this the number of 50 uh, two week new lows has increased and the number of new highs has decreased. So those are the type of things you want to uh, pay attention to. Now the put to call ratio a week ago was so low, you know, they're buying twice as many calls as they are puts, uh, which means usually you're going to get a spike. Now, uh, it did spike this week. Uh, and it, it's not where, you know, it's not above one, which is usually where you get, uh, you know, bottoming scenarios. Uh, the Russell 2000 is getting kind of interesting because its relative performance to the S&P 500 turned up, and it's holding. So it'll be interesting to see if the small caps start to go. Growth versus value, the large cap growth is just blowing out everything. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how fast that comes back. But uh, growth in the mid-cap and the small cap area, uh, growth is starting to, to to give it up a little bit. So we'll see if that happens. If you look at on a daily basis, the mid-cap and the small caps have made lower highs so uh, you might want to be looking you know at the more uh, value oriented mid caps and small caps as far as high beta high beta has been uh, 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 you know very very positive versus low beta stocks we'll see if that continues uh, and if I look at large cap growth versus the bond ETF uh, you know the, the it's better to be in high cap growth it's as simple as that you know, the 10 year yield, everybody's been asking me where they think uh, it would be dangerous, that you know, where, or where the yield would break out. And, uh, you know, I, I go to higher authorities and stuff like this because interest rates are tough. So, Rob Schleimer uh, was at our equity conference this week and uh, he talked about 0. 0.9555 uh, on, on the 10 year yield. If we broke that, he, he thought that that would be the start of a bull market in interest rates for a while. And look, if the Fed says they want inflation, interest rates are probably going to go up. All right, um, and uh, it, the Fed won't do anything; it'll be the market that will move them. I think and the Fed will hold them down, uh, but if you look at the you know the relative strength, there's a positive divergence on the yield, so it's something you have to you know uh, interest rates may be heading up for a while. All right, uh, the other thing I, I you know that that Rob said this week is that. The TLT, which is the long bond ETF, is right at the high end of its uptrend line. So, you know, when you have an uptrend, you can draw a line over the top uh, or the peaks of that uptrend and draw a line at the bottom. And that's what they call the uptrend. All right. Uh, And we were at the top end. So, you know, uh, it's about two standard deviations above the low. So there there might be a a move back to like the the, the one, you know, uh, 127 area, something like that. Uh, but you know, the dollar, people keep asking me about the dollar. And uh, I was expecting a rally and we haven't got one yet. Now, we haven't got, uh, we have a total breakdown, but if it were to break at 80, 87, 88, I think, uh, you know, you'd have a problem. We're at 91.7 right now. Uh, so that, that's why the gold trade is holding up. Now Bob Dickey on Friday talked about the gold trade, and we're going to talk about that in the fourth part of the show. So stay tuned. Um, but the dollar is in a downtrend. And if it, if it breaks down from here, I think it fails. Uh, you know, if the, the rally is going to not going to take hold, I don't think, uh, which which happened to, by the way, the, the crude futures this week. And, and uh, you know, the crude futures broke through a gap. And usually they hold that gap. Now they've broken back into the gap. So uh, they're try- trying to make me crazy. <laughs> but I am seeing some some names that I haven't seen before start to get up and go, big names, uh, things that people weren't necessarily looking for, some some in the financial area, uh, some in the chemical area. Uh, even some of the, the airlines are looking better, all right? Uh, cruise ships are looking like they want to get up and go. So anyway, let's take a break, and we'll be right back with the Bullish Percent. Stay tuned. Okay, we're back. You know, I just got an email from Clyde, and uh, Clyde said, Tim, if you're bullish, but you're not so bullish about the technology stocks, what would you be doing right now? Uh, Very simply this, I would be uh, looking at the prime income list and the dividend growth list. There are some really good ideas there. Uh, You can get that by going to my webpage. So you go to WHK1420, go to local podcast, down to Smart Investor Show, and it goes right to my webpage. Uh, I also think there we have some top ideas. You know what we call a, a multi-cap portfolio, so it has small caps, large caps, etc. There's some really good ideas in there <laughs> too. So, uh, but the prime income list and the dividend growth portfolio right now are something you want to take a look at, as far as I'm concerned. So, Clyde, I hope that answers your question. Uh, didn't give you any individual stocks; I'm not allowed to do that anymore. But uh, uh, anyway. You know, I, I was I was looking at the the, uh, the standard pours in the Nasdaq, and uh, the Nasdaq had pushed into what we call correction territory with a ten percent decline last week, uh, between you know basically Thursday and, and Thursday. So, uh, you know, when it hits correction court uh, territory, the index has posted a gain of around on average of about twenty seven percent. And the ensuing next twelve month returns. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, there may be a change in leadership, but it'll be interesting to see if that occurs this time around. Because uh, we looked, we looked at all the major corrections. Uh, you know, even in ninety nine and two thousand, and, 2000 and uh, now two thousand was probably the one exception. <laughs> But, you know, like in, in 1999, we had a, a 10% correction and we had a 96% 12-month return in the NASDAQ. Uh, you know, we had as little as 11% return, but usually it's a pretty good one. The only negative time was in 2000. So we'll see. Uh, some of the charts of the big cap names look like 2000 to me, but uh, we'll see. Uh, I think you got to, you know, with those stocks that went up too much, you got to worry about a lower high. Okay, That's all I'll say. Supply comes in the lower level, uh, you, you better look out. Um, anyway, I, I looked at the, uh, the. you know, we always talk about the bullish percent on this show. And the bullish percent was designed by a protege of Charles Dow back in the 20s, uh, late 20s, actually. And he wanted to be bullish at the bottom and bearish at the top. So he, had, he made a chart, a point and figure chart. And all this ju- does is listed at 5,000 ch- uh, stocks and says, OK, how many are in buy signals? How many are in sell signals? And when you get over seventy, that's when things are too hot to handle. We were just there; we hit seventy, okay, three weeks ago. And uh, then when you go from over seventy to below seventy, you got to watch out. All right. So above seventy is the red zone. Below thirty is the green zone. That's when every and nobody opens their four hundred one k statement. Nobody takes my call. Uh, I feel like the May you know the May tag with Paraman for a while there. And but it's the best time to buy when others are fearful. You should be greedy. On this show, the week of March 23rd, I said, don't get too bearish. It's time to buy. People thought I was crazy. My clients thought I was crazy, but it was the right time to buy. It was the bottom. OK, so, I, you know, the bullish percent got down to five. So we're in a column of O's now. So that means the defensive teams on the field. When we're in a column of X's, which we've been in since basically March, that's when uh, your offensive team comes on the field. And we're at a pretty high level. We're at 61. We were down 6% this week. That's a pretty big hit. Uh, so we're in a column of O's. You want to be a little bit more careful. The over-the-counter index was down 6%. It's at 46. A lot, You know, it didn't get as high as the uh, the big names. So, uh, you know, small cap didn't. The, the world index was down 35 to 48%. So all the major bullish percent indicators are in a column of O's. You want to be more careful. OK, look for dividend yield stocks if you're going to buy. Uh, I think I think those are going to be looking really, really good uh, coming up here. So uh, that's, you know, Tim's advice. Uh, Clyde, I hope you heard that again. But the bullish percent, uh, you know, when it goes to a column of bulls, look, back in March, it got down to a five. And that was the lowest I'd seen it in 20 years. Uh, and, you know, we pound the table and we had a couple, you know, moves moves. And I said, don't get don't get bearish. I'm not going to get terribly bearish, but I do think there are some very overbought stocks out there. Not all of them, just some of them. Uh, but, you know, the bullish percent reversals do indicate a heightened level of risk in the market. And the move down to 50 would be further signs of weakness, and it would get us into bear confirmed status, which is not usually good. So if we get down to 50, you got to pay closer attention. You know, I've talked about the momentum being positive for Seven eight weeks. that this is a pretty long time. It's now gone negative this week, which you know what a surprise. You, sh- you know you should have had some cash. I I bought some stocks, but I-, I bought dividend stocks. All right. Um, so the overbought readings. The Dow Jones is still twenty one percent overbought. Uh, the the uh, equal weight index is still sixteen percent overbought. Um, and the QQQs, which is the Nasdaq Trust, uh, Investco QQ Trust, uh, the fund scores. It's only 2% overbought because it just get, get racked, But the fund scores is at 5.8, so you've got to be careful. And then the XLG, which is the big ones, is still 17% overbought. So some of these things, you know, we said they were like 100% overbought last week. We've come down quite a bit. Uh, the question is, you know, what's going to happen? I don't know. Now, I looked at the mid-cap stocks. So, see, I, I think there's going to be a change to small cap and mid-cap or into value stocks. I'm not sure which, which way because they're both way, way down. Uh, as far as large caps growth stocks are concerned, uh, you know, if we're looking at a valuation basis. So the mid caps uh, 400 uh, broke a double bottom. Now it has two tops up at 196. So this is the IJH. And if it were to reverse up and break that double top, uh, that would be what they call a shakeout pattern. And that'd be uh, a really very, it's usually a very positive uh, pattern. Now, uh, as far as the small caps, they just they broke a double top at 75. This, and I'm talking about the IJR, by the way. And they pull back now. If they reverse off, that would be really, really uh, impressive. Okay, that'd be a 2 is so far above uh, every, everybody else. Uh, you know, it, it's pulled back. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if it uh, just goes sideways for a while. I think it has to because uh, these stocks look like they're going. You know, it's like a tree going to the moon. (laughs) Don't think that's going to happen. Anyway, the ETF, uh, the S and P 500 uh, broke a double top at 3, uh, 3, 3200, and now it's pulled back. And I think, you know, it like I said. I think it could go back to 3,200. That's what I, I think, will hold support. Uh, And its price return is negative five and a half percent in seven days. So uh, the XLG is kind of the same way. um, You know, as the uh, QQQs, they're straight up. All right, so. You just wonder how long they can hold that. Now, I'm not bearish, okay? I think there's just a change. You know, they'll, they'll change leadership, and we'll go from there. Now, we only have 21, uh, 20 positive sectors this week, uh, so we're moving down. We actually have some groups that are under 30 now. So, uh, you know, we didn't have any last week. So I'm going to talk about the favorite sectors now, and I'm going to start with the most overbought. Remember, hear that again, most overbought. So you want to wait on these, but they're still favored. Chemicals, restaurants, and housing. Uh, they're at seventy-six. At seventy is machinery and gaming. I going to wait on those a little bit. Uh, at sixty-four is auto, leisure, and steel. At sixty, this is a place where you can start to you get. Depend on the charts. Electric products, aerospace, telecommunications, textiles, business products, and building. At fifty-four getting a little bit better is precious metals, financials and retail at 50, getting better is computers. And then at 44 is software and healthcare. We do have two groups, drugs and oils that are below 30. They are not favored. We've been looking for a reversal up with those. All right. So, you know, uh, we started out with the most overbought and we moved, you know, the last sectors of the where, where you want to look. Okay. Um, I did notice a couple things, uh, you know, gaming still in, is now in bear- full confirmed status. Those so machinery and tools. They weren't uh, two weeks ago. That's a big positive. And then um, if, yeah, if I'm looking at uh, you know what went where, uh, the internet moved to average. Uh, some things went to unfavored, drug, oil, protection service, and waste management. And then really unfavored was gas utilities. By the way, gas utilities have nice yields. Remember, when, when yields are up, you want to look at those stocks, okay? If you're buying them as, as a bond surrogate, that's an important thing. So uh, there we go. Eurozone, uh, international equities. Uh, boy, I, you know, I looked at, uh, like, uh, you, you know, uh, United Kingdom and um, like Eurozone broke at a double bottom, and the United Kingdom went right up to its bearish resistance line and fell back down. Uh, a, a move to 25 and a half. And I'm, what I'm looking at is the EWU and EWZ. Uh, by the way, the point and figure charts are provided to us by our friends Dorsey Wright. Uh, and They're part of the NASDAQ now. Um, so the other uh, things that I saw internationally, I thought that was good, was, was Denmark. Uh, you know, Denmark, and I don't know why it's, it's broken above all the European stocks, but uh, Denmark, uh, uh, if you look at some of the ETFs like uh, Eden, E-D-E-N, and some of the other names, you know they've pulled back right to where they should. So uh, they're good looking charts long term. And fixed income um, convertible bonds uh, were really really overbought. They're like 100% overbought. And you know convertible bonds go down with the stock market. They're kind of a bond you know bond surrogate or a stock surrogate, shall we say? Uh, and so what you really want to buy them when they're over oversold. You know buy yield when it's up, right? So, right now, I probably, you know, uh, they've gotten beaten up a little bit. You know, you might want to add a little bit. Convertible bonds, remember, we made that call about a year ago, and uh, they have outperformed everything. Uh, So, there we go. Um, Also, uh, you know, if you look at some of the ETFs, they got, you know, uh, let's just take one, uh, ICVT. That's the iShares convertible bond. Uh, You know, they got up to 85. They came all the way back to 77 in a week. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, you just, you want to buy yield when it's up. Okay. Remember that buy yield when it's up. Alternative assets, uh, crude oil has been negative for 10 weeks. It looked like it was turning around and died. Gold's been negative for three weeks, but copper, copper has been positive and still hasn't corn. Uh, That's a good sign. So, you know, we did see a sharp supply gut. So I'm sorry, in crude oil Uh, and Labor Day traditionally signals the end of summer driving season. So I don't think oil's going up a lot. Uh, the question is, can the stocks do well? Okay. And so uh, there you go. A couple other things just to, before we go. Uh, relative strength, buy signals. Remember, relative strength is very important. We're trying to add the fundamentals and the technicals together. Abercrombie & Fitch, Quartzip Therapeutics, CAI International, Leggett & Platt, Stewart Information Services, Vera Bradley, America, AMC Entertainment, CXC Technology, and Veronique. And then some cell signals, Analam, Pharmaceuticals, Commerce Bank Shares, Alac, which is a telecommunications company, uh, Market Access, Rite Aid, Tiva Pharmaceuticals, and United Electronics. So those are our cell signals. That's when you want to be a little bit more careful. You want to check the fundamentals. Uh, in the meantime, we'll be right back with Insiders. Stay tuned. This is the Smart Investor Show. okay we're back uh you know i I wanted to say something and uh we had our equity conference and one of the things that i thought was really really well uh that i really highly recommend and this is something you probably want to uh call in and get uh or Email me and get, you remember, if you go to my, uh, you go to WHK 1420's webpage, you go to local podcast, down to uh, the Smart Investor Show, Tim Hayes, and, and he goes, you can go right to my webpage from there. Um, you know, check out Insights. Uh, there's a lot of good information under Insights. Uh, check out Bob Dickey's stuff. Remember, sometimes if you see what's happening, it's a lot better than what's just hearing it. Okay, that's what charts are. They're a visual viewpoint of the market. And it's, uh, um, you know, somebody said, are you a chartist? Well, I'm a chartist and a fundamentalist, but what is charting? It's like being a psychiatrist. You're looking at what can happen on way, way people think day in and day out. Okay. So somebody said, all I do is re- read Barron's. I said, Barron's is great. You know, I, I, I've been, I talked about, you know, if you didn't read Barron's you should for, for 15 years on this show. But the point is, I don't know want to hear what what they're saying. I like reading that myself, but I, the market and the, you look at the, the charts is what you're doing that's important. But Mark Mahaney and Matt Hedberg, uh, Matt is our corporate software guy, All right. Mark Mahaney is retail software, and they're two of the best analysts on the planet. They've been right. Two years ago, I talked about we had a, a soft, I mean a technology conference, and I said you. You know, you'll want to get the information from there. Their top three stocks averaged a 300% return over the next two and a half years. How's that? huh? You know, that's big. So they had a virtual tour, virtual bus tour, which they do a couple. You know, they used to do bus tours all the time. They get, you know, a couple buses full of institutional clients, and they go and, and see these people's place of business and talk to them. Now they're doing virtual bus tours where they're, you know, uh, they have a lot of people online and, and they, they ask questions of uh, of the particular company. All right, it's a great piece, highly recommend it. All right, so look, we always talk about insiders on this show, and the reason we talk about insiders is because they know their companies better than we do. And when there's heavy insider buying, uh, usually they're early, but I only look at the big stuff, okay? Uh, I, I you know, if the guy is, or there's multiple buys, you know, if there's 10 people buy hundred thousand dollars worth of stock. You don't want to pay attention, but uh, I did notice a couple things this week. Uh, Benefit Street Partners, which is, you uh, know I mean, I'm not who that. I looked into their background. It looks like they know what they're doing. Uh, they're looking at Berry Corporation, which is Berry Petroleum. Um, they bought uh, ab- about six hundred thousand dollars worth of stock back on September 9th. and then on September tenth, they came back in and bought another million dollars worth. I believe uh, it looks like to me they they own ten percent. Okay. And then, uh, Red Mile Group, uh, you know, back on the fourth, they bought, uh, about $3.7 million worth of IGM biosciences. And they came back on the ninth and bought another 1.2 million. Uh, they have a really, uh, Red Mile has a really good, uh, uh, track record, by the way. Uh, and then Babcock and Wilcox, you know, which is a local company that's had nothing but problems, uh. I play golf with the guy who used to run the human relations over there, uh, and he he was a little worried. But uh, B uh, B dot Riley Financial bought 4.4 4 million dollars worth of stock, which is interesting, I think. Also, uh, uh, Karuna Therapeutics, uh, which is down from like 120 to 70, uh, we had James Healy as director. If you don't know who James is, you should read about him. He's a pretty smart guy. And then we had, uh, you know, last week we talked about Avis and how SRS Investment Corp. was buying. Well, they they bought another $3.7 million on September 9th. And then on the 11th, they bought another $3.3 million. And on the 10th, they bought $2.3 million. So uh, some big buys. Uh, and then uh, uh, Odinit. O- o- did- <laughs> ODT. I can't ever get this name right. Uh, we had some interesting people buy. The stock got crushed last week on some bad news, and Aaron Davis is a director. You should know who he is. And uh, Boxer Capital, uh, these guys all bought 1.8 million dollars, and then they came back uh, the two days later and bought another 1.5, 1.6 million, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, um, and then uh, La Jolla uh, Pharmaceuticals, uh, Kevin Tang bought another. Uh, he, he bought 500 thousand dollars worth. Uh, on the tenth, uh, then he came back and he bought. Uh, oh, by the way, James Healy bought uh, some more of that Corona. He bought some three hundred, about three hundred thousand dollars worth. But Kevin Tang bought another three hundred thousand. Then he bought another two hundred fifty thousand. So that equals a million, which is quite a bit. Um, and and uh, also the chief financial officer at Babcock and Wilcox, uh, which is Louis Salmon, he bought uh, about a hundred thousand dollars of stock too. So. I always like to see that. And then uh, we mentioned BAPO uh, Therm about a week ago because they, they got crushed. And we had a couple people buy. And then Prescott General Partners bought some stock, which uh, did. You know, if you're in the stock and you got crushed, you'd like to see. Now, the big buy of the week. Well, hey, let's, let's do a couple more. Uh, Interstellar, uh, director there, uh, Christopher Alafi, uh, you know, they just had a, a product for um, Bipolar. And bipolar, you know, the stuff that's out there makes you depressed, okay? And this doesn't, which is really big. Stock was up big last week and it pulled back because they did a secondary, and he bought uh, right as the secondary was announced. Now, there was eight or nine insiders that bought in July, and that's why I mentioned that one. Also, uh, you know, we we talked about Keurig, Dr. Pepper. Uh, We had a couple buys this week of over $500,000, and and, uh, take it from there. And then uh, uh, Golub uh, Group, uh, or Golub Capital, we had Larry and David buy some more in the ninth, uh, and they, they were buying last week, and then they bought some more in the fourth. Uh, so they, they bought a bunch last week. But the buy of the week, I think, is uh, Kodiak Sciences, which is a biotech company by the Baker Brothers. You know, they bought, they bought $50 million, $60 million worth of stock just a ways back, and now uh I think they own like 10, 11 million shares. They bought 5 million, 5.9 million on the third, they bought 5.5 million on the eighth. And then they bought uh, uh, 3.8 million uh, a, a couple of days later. So uh, that's a big, big buy. All right. So we'll just leave it at that and uh, go from there. Anyway. Um, you know, so we've got a couple minutes left. Let's just talk about what Bob Dickey's thinking. Uh, you know, he said the market trends change from bullish to correcting, and uh, it's consolidating in the normal reaction to a very overbought condition. Uh, he, he's not bearish at all, but he said there's the so far we've seen the heaviest selling in the more extended growth stocks. And actually, on Friday, we had a big sell off in the growth stocks again, and the financials were up, the material stocks were up, the industrials were up. All right. So uh, that's something that, yet you know. Um, you have to think about, uh, you know, and, and I think the other thing that's important is that, uh, you know, look, the reason we look at the bullish percent is you go down faster than you go up. OK, and we got above the S&P went positive for the uh, week and it was, you know, last week we talked about the number of stocks participating was getting smaller and smaller. So you go up fast, you go down faster. That's just the way it is. All right. So. It's normal for indexes and stocks to pull back more sharply than when uh, they went up, as selling sentiment tends to evolve a lot more quickly than bullish opinions. All right, people are still bearish. The bullish bearish ratio is negative twenty-one. It's a pretty high number, so I don't I don't see any major bull market occurring. Okay, but I think you also got to understand that, you know, if we look at the Dow, I mean, there's two stops here. There's one at twenty-seven thousand, and there's one at twenty-five hundred. Now. Part of the problem and one of the good things that's happened is that Apple, which was very extended, was 12 percent of the Dow and the S&P 500 when before it split. Now that it's split four for one, it's only 2.9 percent. That's It's only the 16th largest stock in the, in the Dow. So it's a market capitalization thing. And that's very important because, uh, you know, if it, if, mar- if it corrects hard because it was kind of parabolic there for a short period of time. Uh, it won't affect the Dow as much. So 2700 is probably the first stop, I think. Uh, and then maybe 25000 would be, uh, you know, if things really got bad. Uh, now, the other thing I want to talk about uh, right before we go, because I don't think we only got a couple of minutes left, uh, is gold. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been, actually, Bob, I think, called this better than I did. Uh, uh, Bob was really positive on gold back in uh, 2019 in the summer and I got real positive about the week later because the, the, all, the, all the stocks were showing up on my charts. But we're at a point, you know, uh, we, we need to hold the uptrend. Uh, so it, it, gold has formed a range between 1900 and 2000, and it's got a slightly lower bias at this point. We made a series of lower highs. So what we want to see is that break out. Uh, and uh, the next support, if it broke 1900 on the downside, would be about seventeen fifty, and I think that would kill the uptrend. So, uh, we, for you gold bugs, and I've, I've got quite a bit of gold stocks that I'm up big on them. So, you know, just so you all know that that's important. So, what what we do now that uh, <laughs> uh, you know we've had this ten percent correction, Tim was talking about for two weeks before. Look, I still think there's vulnerability in the large technology stocks. All right, uh, but I do think there's other leadership emerging. All right. And that's the important part. Uh, you've got to be paying attention. You know, it's a chessboard. OK, so you got you got to anticipate the guy's next move. What is the market going to do next? And I got a pretty good idea what's going to happen. Uh, and, but that's for me to know. And, you know, and my clients to know. So uh, anyway, uh, look, I go to WHK 1420. Local podcast down to Smart Investor Show. Uh, on that, on that, we have insights. All right. There's lots of stuff. Uh, it's big tech. We're looking at the outlook for gold. We have uh, cloud computing, the implications of, uh, of the digital age, you know, things like that. You can also get our dividend growth portfolio, our prime income list, and our our multi cap portfolio. Also, the virtual bus tour with Mark Mahaney and the boys. Uh, don't forget the business owner's uh, guide to transition, savvy cre- credit investors handbook, the wealth plan, and the family inventory. You can get all those. You can parts of them anyway, by just hitting the online thing. Hey, have a great weekend. It's a beautiful day. Have a uh, wonderful weekend. It's supposed to rain tomorrow, so get outside. This is the Smart Investor Show. I'm in Tim Hayes, member of low Show High.
1: Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free 888 888- 223-7742 that's 888-223-7742 or visit his website rbcwmfa.com slash tim hayes that's all one word in the address bar rbcwfma.com slash tim hayes please join us again next saturday for the smart investor hour to hear more smart investing from tim hayes of rbc wealth management